Welcome to the Fantasy Affair. All right. Aloha, ladies and gentlemen, my fantasy affairians. I'm your host, Brian Manganero, and welcome to the Fantasy Affairs Fantasy Football Podcast. I am here, always kicking it with my boys, Brad and Berkey. Uh, today on my morning run, I was jamming, listening to some classic rock, and it had me thinking uh, some legendary artists starting with B. So today, Brad, you're going to be Billy Idol and Berkey. You're the B-52s. Love Shack, Rock Lobster, and even the Flintstones. How's that feel? Feels good, man. Kicking it old school. I'll just tell you, every nursing home, uh, that's that's my jam, man. I got to get in where, where I fit in. And, uh, you know, yeah, that's that's where I belong. And Brad, you're the one who told me about the Flintstones. I didn't even recognize that the B-52s were the Flintstones. Oh, yeah. My kids love that movie. And it plays on nonstop. You know, they go through these kicks where they want to watch it nonstop 24-7 every day for like a week. And all you hear is Funky Town, which is their (laughs) play on Love Shack in the Flintstones. So that's the first thing that kind of popped in my head. But look, man, I think you might we might have ran into each other when I was younger because there was a phase where I mean, you can tell I'm clearly not blonde. Uh, but I definitely went through a phase where I cut my hair, dyed that shit blonde, and walked around with it spiked because uh, that was the cool thing to do. And, and looking back, it's it's quite amusing to see pictures of. Maybe maybe you'll get lucky enough for me to share them with you one time. But anytime I can I can be with the one and only Billy Idol who's on airplanes saving the day for guys like Adam Sandler and Wedding Singer, and I got bikers to back me up. I'm cool with that, man. I mean, I got this big oh, ass yeah. biker dude ready to knock somebody out on an airplane, telling me not to not to mess with with Billy Idol. Hey, I'm I'm all right with that. I'll, I'll take that any day of the week. You know what? I th- I think we did good this week, Burke. Yeah, I think we both won. I think, I think we both we won. both won, and I think we both lost because I can start. We're just talking music with the bees, man. What about the Beastie Boys? Are you yeah. want to go old school? What about like Billy Joel, dude? I mean. Jiminy Christmas. Yeah, who are you, Brian? He's, so he's the Beastie Boys. He saved the best for himself. That's what he's doing the whole time. Yes, because it's the double B, and they're my boys. Um, no, I love it. I, I you know, I actually, uh, I just listened to uh, Rock Lobster randomly. I popped out of my Spotify playlist, so had to bring them out. Um, but yeah, you know, maybe maybe we'll save some more bees for later because, of course, the Almighty Beatles is well in there. But um, oh. they, yeah, right. No uh, one can be the, the Beatles. The be Beach Mutant Boys. That's, that's you. That that's is you, Brian. Brian. The Beach Boys. <laughs> no, it is. Yeah, it right. is. Like, <laughs> dude's rolling around in a V-neck shirt with board shorts and a backwards flat-billed hat all day long. Like that is Beach Boys all over again. In the in the purest and best fashion, <laughs> without yeah, question. You know, it's so funny. We, um, uh, my fiance and I, we just went to uh, Bishop Museum uh, this weekend. Uh, here in Honolulu to check out some of like the um, the original surf days and the Beach Boys were actually the, the lifeguards and the beach surfers um, that played music on the beach for all the tourists um, in like the 1930s and 40s in Waikiki. So it was really cool to see those old pictures. And I'm honored. I'm honored to be a beach boy. I'm okay with that. Um, that's another double B. But Uh, For our fantasy affairians, it is time uh, to get into the juice, the running back tiers. Uh, We've got a lot of stuff to talk about. We're going to break our uh, running backs into some tiers here, work them out just like the way we did in our quarterback tiers. Um, What do you say? You guys ready to jump into this thing? Let's roll. 
Let's roll. Berkey's doing a little shoulder dance over there. He's excited. I'm actually having well, a seat. You guys call somebody. <laughs> we weren't sure if that was a tinsel reflection or just Berkey, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I got uh, the I got the up. birthday decorations for my kid's birthday a couple days ago. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I'll tell you, we if support. anybody that has kids, if you blow up balloons for the birthday and then you try and like put them away, yeah, it's not gonna happen. Dude. It ain't happening. <laughs> it's not happening, <laughs> man. Even uh, when they yeah. start to deflate and they're like a quarter of the size, oh, they're almost still gone. Not they're they're over. No, yeah. yeah, they're attached like it's their best friend. <laughs> that seems like problems that uh, that only you guys will have, and uh, and I'm okay with that. As my and once my dog sees a balloon, he's just trying to bite it, and eat it, and then it's done with. So 30 seconds and then it's gone. So um, I love the tinsel in the background, Berkey. We might have to keep that for a little bit. We're going to stand on the side of your kids and uh, see if you can keep that running for a while. Um, but tinsel. Number one, I love it. Running back number one in the only tier by himself, CMC. Uh, there's really no argument here for us. All three of us here, uh, have him at number one. Our fantasy affairs rankings have him as number one. Uh, this is health presumed, obviously. He's only had the, the one last year with the injury that he just was not able to come back from. But when healthy, Christian McCaffrey is the difference maker. He's next level, and I don't think any of us can – can argue not taking him as running back one when you're at dynasty startups. Um, so to move on to something that we can actually decipher with a tier, uh, tier two, uh, Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara, Jonathan Taylor, and Dalvin Cook. Um, interesting tier here as we have three proven guys, uh, one injury guy, and a, a second year running back. Uh, Brad, why don't you talk to me a little bit about why Jonathan Taylor breaks into the second tier for you? Yeah, I think you saw it in the back half of the season, right? You see a guy who uh, is on a team that's got a solid offensive line. Um, you see a guy who who put together a good group of work on that back end. He's got elite size. He's got good speed. Um, and, I mean, you could see a world where he could potentially be the RB1 overall in a couple years. I don't see that next year right now i think naeem hines is way too involved in that offense right now that will prohibit him from getting the passing work that he would need to be the overall rb1 in today's kind of rb network right if you don't get that passing work you don't stand a chance being the rb1 unless you're somebody like a derrick henry putting up twenty two thousand yards and you know 17 18 touchdowns and even then that passing work is is crucial to getting up there so he didn't get a lot of that hines gets the majority of that but I mean, even in the the stretch at the, the that five game stretch where he was dominating at the end of the season, he still wasn't getting that passing work, and and that's why I think he stays below that tier from CMC uh, for me. Uh, but he's got just that pure rushing upside, and Naeem Hines isn't taking carries away from him. You know, they re-signed Marlon Mack. I don't see Marlon Mack eating into enough of his workload to prevent him from being in that 250 carry range. Uh, and and if he's putting 250 carries on the board, that the guy's pushing 14, 1500 rushing yards uh, and very close to double-digit touchdowns on, on on that offense. So for me, that's why he's he's in this tier. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor last year amassed 232 touches for 1,169 yards with 11 touchdowns. Um, and then, like you were talking about his receiving work, uh, 36 receptions uh, for 299 yards with one touchdown. So uh, I, I would agree that that receiving work gets a little bit capped by Naheem Hines being there. 
Um, and that's why he can't break into that tier. But um, Berkey, do you have a little bit of a difference on, on Jonathan Taylor or any of these guys in this, in this tier? Yeah, I got some fear on Jonathan Taylor, mainly with just the lack of Phillip Rivers. Um, but yeah, you get the draft capital. You got a great team. You got a great offensive line. The defense is good enough. You can't really be game scripted out. There's no doubt he belongs here. And I have him at two. Uh, above Saquon Barkley, who's the guy I actually wanted to talk about. We got Delvin Cook. We got Elvin Kamara in here. They were like RB1 and 2 last season. Delvin Cook maybe gets banged up from time to time, but when he's on the field, he's electric. And Elvin Kamara is never not a top 10 guy, even with Drew Brees leaving. Everybody has question marks, right? Uh, but the guy that comes to mind for me is Saquon Barkley. And he, Bradley alluded to the receptions. We play in PPR leagues, and that, those targets, the reason Christian McCaffrey is all by himself is because we talk about selling running backs. Okay, you got to get out. He's he's the guy that I'll just won't get out on. I'll just get out late. I'll just figure it out because he got 113, 120 plus, 140 plus targets in his third season. I mean, you're talking about like Michael Thomas, Hopkins targets types plus his touches, um, which is why Barkley's shaky for me. And I know everybody has him up there because he lit the world on fire and he's electric. He's a game breaker. He fits here. He fits here, but he scares me. Um, coming off an injury, a pretty serious one on a terrible team. You know, the O-line is not very good. They add some weapons, which I don't know if that helps or hurts him. It's Saquon Barkley. He's going to be fine at 24 years old. But I see a guy who is a rookie at 121 targets, which is why he's RB1. And there's a sophomore. Now, he missed three games, but there was a changing of the guard between Eli Manning, which is like Phillip Rivers kind of tight, right? He gets the ball out of his hands quick. To Daniel Jones, who's got some wheels, apparently. I mean, the turf monster aside – the dude's fast. The dude can run. Um, and he doesn't really target the running back. So and half a year of Eli or six, seven games of Eli and the rest with Daniel Jones, he only has 73 targets. Now he has, it's still good. Still 52 receptions. It's still good. It's still RB one locked and loaded. Uh, but going forward, seeing Daniel Jones progress with him on the field. Cause we didn't, we haven't seen him and all of his weapons healthy in like, two years like it's ever, been long, ever. ever. and right. now they're yeah. adding some so what does that mean um so Saquon scares me a bit here just because the the targets he has to be so efficient he plays on a terrible team um that doesn't always destroy him he's still in tier two but it does bring up some questions to me and I wouldn't be surprised if he was RB one or two next season and I wouldn't be surprised if he fell into tier three or four next season so he's the one I'm staring at man yeah, yeah, it's definitely the, the scary one, especially because of his draft capital. I mean, some people pronounce that Saquon is the one over CMC. So um, at that value, he's definitely scary. Um, Brad, I cut you off a little bit. No, no yeah, I was just going to say, you know, if the trio of running backs that they had running that ball between Devonta Freeman, Alfred Morris, Wayne Gallman last year could amass 1,200 rushing yards and eight touchdowns, Saquon Barkley is going to eat. Right. He's better than all of those guys combined talent wise. And they're running behind the same offensive line with the same weapons. When you look at a team that adds Marvin Jones, I think there's some efficiencies that Marvin Jones is Jacksonville. Sorry. Yeah. So when you add a guy like Kenny G, you've got to think that their second year with um, offensive coordinator used to be uh, Jason Garrett right? You got to think that there's going to be some efficiency gains in that offense. When they add a player like Kenny G it's second year in that system, they're going to move the ball a little bit better, assuming everybody's healthy and, and Saquon coming back, you know, ACL tears, people want to talk about a lot of guys come back from that. Now it's not as serious of a comeback uh, as, as what it used to be. Uh, but I, I lean on that 
they still amassed 1,200 yards and eight touchdowns from the running back group that they had. So Saquon's still going to eat. So there's no reason to me for, for people to be concerned about him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, a lot of outcomes for that, for that second tier right there uh, with these guys, Saquon being, you know, coming off an injury and, you know, you're right. Uh, the modern medicine and the way that these guys are able to rehab, um, we don't really have to worry about injuries about coming back from a serious major injury. Um, that, that is not really considered an ACL anymore. ACL does not fall in that category of devastating injury like an Achilles does, but Emmanuel Sanders has even proven Achilles injuries wrong. So um, you know, it's it, if yeah, we can get a full season out of right, yeah, at what thirty four years old uh, coming yeah, back. I and love then, Manny Sanders, but that is crazy. The dude's dunking on the crossbar too. He's good. He's he's fine. He's fine. It's not like he's hot. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Right. So you know, um, we we can kind of shake that a little bit of worry, and then the same thing goes for Dalvin Cook, in my opinion. Um, you know, the guy he can get a little nicked up and, and can cost you a game, but when he's in the, on the field, the guy is electric. And he's going to put up 150 yards, all-purpose yards in every game and score at least a touchdown or two. So um, that's a great tier. Um, this next cheer, uh, oh, tier. Uh, cheers, by the way. So let's, uh, we can do that. But uh, uh, this next tier, I want to go into um, same amount of guys. Uh, we've got DeAndre Swift, Zeke Elliott, J.K. Dobbins, Antonio Gibson, and Nick Chubb. Uh, they all find our next tier couple second year guys or three second year guys um a proven stud uh aging guy and um and then nick chubb sharing the backfield so i want to take uh zeke right away uh zeke to me is just someone who catches 50 balls almost every single year um targeted right around 70 to 75 times every single year um regardless of the system he gets dak back he gets his offensive line back his team is going to be scary. Uh, you know, last year was very underwhelming as far as his efficiency and what he's been able to do um, with a very bad team uh, and, and not playing ahead of the game with Dak in the, on the field, uh, stretching those defenses and opening up those boxes um, for him. Uh, you know, the workload is still there, and that's what matters most to me is workload. Uh, Zeke is going to be the guy, and and not have to worry about Tony Pollard eating in. Tony Pollard is definitely just uh, is a handcuff. He's not an ancillary piece. Like in this tier, Nick Chubb has to worry about Kareem Hunt. Like, I mean, we have to worry about Kareem Hunt. They work fantastic. Kevin Spansky's figured out a great way to have those two work on the football field together. But as far as fantasy purposes, we don't need, Zeke doesn't have that guy who's going to cut into his work that much. Um, so with a full, fully loaded offensive line, um, and all of these weapons starting to click with CD Amari and Gallup. I really think Zeke comes back to form, gets into the top three this year, uh, and, and solidifies his position as one of the best running backs in the game of football so far today. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if uh, go ahead, Burke, sorry. No. <laughs> now you're no, not going to. I found nope. dead air and I was just going to, I was going to make some stuff up and you know what? Maybe it sounds good. I'll go ahead and go. Ezekiel Elliott, um, as he's speaking, right, as he's – and I believe in Tony Pollard. Everybody out of Memphis, I mean, what are they producing? There's another guy on this list, Antonio Gibson. Tony Pollard was there before Antonio Gibson. We thought Daryl Henderson out there at the Rams. That's why we love Akers, right? The system, the talent, the breakaway runs. uh, Tony Pollard is a threat. 
is is he going to take down Zeke? And I'm like, I don't know. Is he really done? I mean, he's 25 going on 26. He's comes off. He wasn't even really injured last season. He just looked lazy, like his pride was hurt. And so the more he's talking, I'm like, you know what? You, you're right. This is why I, I shouldn't be afraid of Barkley because Ezekiel Elliott is essentially Barkley's floor. You're talking about 50-plus receptions. He's used in the passing game. You're talking about north of 300 rushing attempts. He's definitely the focal point there. You're talking about red zone. You're talking about between the top. 20s you're talking about to open the game you're talking about clutch time talking about Dak Prescott Cooper Lamb things to take their attention away yeah maybe he belongs up there maybe (sighs) Zeke's Zeke's a great pick here yeah I mean I've got you know me in my personal rankings I've got Zeke in the next tier up and and the reasoning behind that is you know look at his body of work when Dak was on the field right in those four four and a half games he was top five back you look at his his product of work really ever since Dak has joined the Dallas Cowboys in any year that he's played 15 or more games with the exception of last year, he's been a top five back. And then last year, he still was numbered. He was top 10 in yards after contact. So the guy, you know, Berkey, you, you mentioned him running lazy. There's no way somebody's running lazy and is top 10 in yards after contact. That's yeah, not going to happen. There is. It's that it's Zeke running lazy. Like, that's, <laughs> so, that's it. Like, if you watch him, he's lazy. He doesn't hold on to the ball. He's not really fighting. He's just falling yeah. forward. Yeah, I'm, looking, I just, I'm yeah. looking for that stiff arm, take it to the house like he had in the first two years, and he didn't have it last season. I wonder how much of that is attributed to Dak actually going down and how much of it is the overall workload. But, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got to think defenses shifted their mindset a little bit when they're seeing guys like Andy Dalton playing instead of Dak, right? Um, but – uh, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, his upside is huge. It is it is top three, top, you know, top four, top five, you know, wherever you want to put him. His, and, and like you said, he's 25 years old. It's not like he's an old running back. You know, I, I, I actually think he's only maybe not even a full year older than Nick Chubb. Right, who who right, right. who we're putting in this and in this tier as well. Nick Chubb's in this tier, and as our resident Browns guy, um, Brad, why don't you hit on Chubb and why he belongs in this tier and maybe above? Oh God, it hurts me so bad. I want to put him so much higher than this, but I can't. Right? I mean, the guy to me, when you watch him run, he is the absolute best pure running back in the game. There is nobody in my eyes that can run the football between the tackles uh, or cutbacks better than he does. Um, and that's even on the same playing field as a Derrick Henry. I, st- I think he is just a better pure running back than any of those guys. The problem is Kareem Hunt. As a Browns fan, I love every fucking minute of it, right? Watching the team play as an offense. The problem, however, is that it caps Nick Chubb's receiving work. And just like I mentioned earlier with Jonathan Taylor, that prohibits you from being that top three uh running back unless you just like you know you go for those record-breaking seasons where you're running for 2,000 yards and and you know high double-digit touchdowns uh and that's you know is that in the realm of possibility for Nick Chubb and the Cleveland Browns absolutely uh do I project that not necessarily which is why I think this is the right tier for him right that upside is there he's gonna run for 14 1500 yards he's gonna get 11 12 13 touchdowns uh in the offense that they're employing at this point uh and if Kareem Hunt goes down for whatever reason Nick Chubb is a competent pass catcher and not Leonard Fournette Ronald Jones competent 
he's actually a pretty damn good pass catcher when given the opportunity. Um, so he could, if Kareem Hunt ends up moving on in a year or so, if Kareem Hunt goes down due to injury, Nick Chubb has that upside to be in the next tier. Uh, but he's he's my boy. And, I, you know, I, I listen to a lot of people talk there's not a lot of people arguing with the fact that they agree that he is the best guy on the field running the football. He's just fucking good. So definitely one of those incredible guys to watch on the field. Just jaw drops when, when that guy runs the ball and, you know, he's got that Derrick Henry stiff arm, he's got that agility and he just breaks away. So, um, but now we got to bring up three sophomores that are all in this tier. They're all jumbled together. Uh, Deandre Swift, JK Dobbins, Antonio Gibson, um, I, what let, let's talk about these three guys second year coming into the system uh what separates these guys from one another um you know we've seen workload uh we haven't seen any of them get a full workload yet uh we're perceiving that that's going to be uh what the what the deal is moving forward for them but um Berkey, i'm going to kick it to you i want you to talk a little bit about antonio gibson and why he is so high for you yeah yeah, I got a lot of reasons. And I love how you ask what separates them because they're all in the same tier. So when you're picking between them, this is a classic case of can you just trade one for the other and get something on top. Um, but if you have to pick, who do you pick? And I got to love join Antonio Gibson. Nick Chubb makes the top 10 because Bron- uh, Bradley had him at seven. We both had him at 13. All right. And Antonio Gibson makes number nine because I have him at seven. Now, nobody has him lower than 11. But the the point is that I wanted to skyrocket him up this list. I He's the guy that I think, out of the rest of the people, Zeke included, has a real chance at finishing as the number one running back in 2021 over Saquon, Kamara, Taylor, Cook, and, yes, Christian McCaffrey. Like, if you have to pick another guy, it's Antonio Gibson. And one of the big reasons is none of these guys have seen a full workload. All the workload is going to increase. You got one on the best rushing uh, offense ever in J.K. Dobbins. You got one all alone out there in Detroit with Jared Goff. I mean, you expect him – to be early and often who who else you got okay um antonio gibson's kind of the same thing like you got terry mclaurin they just signed curtis samuel um they used jd uh mckissick a ton they used him a ton last year but i'm looking at scott turner and i'm looking at the coordinator that makes rb once now where did antonio gibson finish jd mckissick i think was rb 17 last season in ppr leagues and antonio gibson was rb 13 Okay, missing some games due to turf toe. So he makes these guys once. He has a pass-heavy offense. We know that he was a wide receiver for most of his college career and then was transitioned to running back. So he has receiving chops. I mean, only getting 44 targets and still finishing as RB13 as a rookie is just a feat I can't get over. And so the player is 6'2", 221, size. All right, he's fast as hell, sub 4440. I mean, man's got size, strength, athleticism, hands, and the almighty opportunity that is Scott Turner. So for those that don't know, the reason Christian McCaffrey finishes a one, not only is he ungodly good, but Norv Turner was retiring and made a point. He set records on his way out. He added to his resume, and he proved a point, and he put an exclamation point on his career and added to Christian McCaffrey's legacy. And so you see him get 143 targets. So if Antonio Gibson gets 100 targets, how is he not top five? How is he not top five? And I can see the system actually feeding him, whereas Dobbins, it's run first, your quarterback vultures you. As Swift, it's just 
it's a lot my lowly lions out there gonna ruin another talent uh so gibson gibson is my absolute wild card this year and he's somebody that i've been actively trying to acquire yeah i love it um you know and just the the realization of scott turner being there who this is this is the way that these running backs find this workload is coordinators who know how to use them who plan how to use them and targets targets are king receiving targets you don't break into the top three running backs with with just normal you know 40 targets 50 targets you need above 50 targets to be in the top three conversation you need about 75 targets um and you know if just like you said if he gets those targets antonio gibson if he gets 100 targets sky is the limit we're talking 22,000 plus scrimmage yards and and who knows how many touchdowns with his size speed and um and everything he offers for that team which has now just gotten so much faster with the addition of curtis samuel in there so um i like that take there Bert. um brad uh do you have anything on uh jk dobbins and swift against the two of them who do, who are you taking out of the two of them and why yeah, I think Berkey kind of alluded to it a little while ago, right? J.K. Dobbins is going to get sniped by Lamar Jackson um, on a number of occasions. Um, now, J.K. Dobbins is crazy explosive. Uh, I That was a big miss on my part in the rookie draft process last year. Uh, I wasn't super high on J.K. Dobbins. DeAndre Swift, however, I think is in a much better position. So people will be like, oh, well, they signed Jamal Williams. They needed depth, right? Adrian Peterson carried the ball 100 and some odd times last year for the Detroit Lions. He's gone. Uh, on Johnson was a complete flop. So they need a guy who is serviceable to come in and help that offense. And, and Jamal Williams has the capability to do that. DeAndre Swift has an every down skill set. He can run, he can pass block, he can pass catch, he can rush between the tackles, he can rush outside the tackles, he's got the speed to do it, he's got the size to do it. They bring in an offensive coordinator in Anthony Lynn, who has never produced since his time coaching an offense, an offense that was below the top 10, ever. From his time being an offensive coordinator in Buffalo in 2016, 2016 or 2017, um, he produced top 10 offense there. Do you remember anybody from that offense? Yeah, man, I that, do. I remember the quarterback, Tyron Ty Taylor, Ty baby. Tyron Ty Ty Taylor, Mr. Taylor. Go yeah. steal somebody else's job. They're going to draft a rookie and someone will replace him, Mr. Tyron. Yeah, you know, he moves to Philadelphia. He's got, a, you know, in my opinion, and maybe this is, I don't, controversial, Phillip Rivers, who is a Hall of Fame quarterback for a couple seasons, uh, puts up a top 10 offense with him uh, with, and that's with Phillip rivers aging, you know, having some issues, turning a ball over. And then he, then he goes and he drafts a rookie and comes out and sets records with that cat sets records with a rookie quarterback with their running back who got hurt for a portion of the season, spent half the season on IR and Deandre Swift is better than Austin Eckler, uh, in, in my opinion. So when you look at what the capability is there with Anthony Lynn and that offense, there's no way that they are leaning on Jared Goff. I, I can't, I can't foresee that they're going to lean on the run game. They're going to lean on Deandre Swift and Jamal Williams. And I just see Deandre Swift being that guy who sees the biggest jump out of these rookies from last year. That's Clyde. 
Cam Akers, Dobbins, Gibson. To me, I see Swift in the best position to be the highest con- the highest producer of fantasy value out of these sophomore running backs. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, you bring up some interesting names with these sophomore running backs because that breaks right into the next tier that we have, um, which is uh, starts with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Cam Akers, Joe Mixon, Miles Sanders, and Aaron Jones. Um, so let's just keep this sophomore talk rolling. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was the legit promised land 101 running back last year uh, because of landing spot, purely because of landing spot. And now we have him as a consensus 11 behind guys like DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, uh, and Antonio Gibson. So, um, Berkey, as you have him the highest for us, CEH, is this is this the year that they put it all together and he's able to be the guy for the Chiefs? I don't know what put it all together even means, man. I mean, the guy was RB13 as a rookie um, through week 12, and then, he, and then he gets the flu. So he loses a bunch of weight. I mean, guy was fantastic, okay? He was RB13. We wanted an RB1 out of the box. He does play with Patrick Mahomes. They just let the Super Bowl MVP go um, in Williams. And so the, the, the backfield is his. He had 181 rushing attempts. Clyde Edwards-Alaire had 181 rushing attempts last season as a rookie and 54 targets. So if the targets go up at all and the rushing attempts go up at all and you get a whole season, he's a one. He's 21. He'll be 22. He plays with Patrick. I mean, he's as insulated as they get. When I'm looking at the other names on this list, Cam Akers, um, I'll let somebody else deal with that. Joe Mixon out there in Cincinnati. I don't even know if they really know he's on the team until week 13 uh, when he lights the world on fire. Miles Sanders has the rushing quarterback. And then uh, my guy, Aaron Jones, that's a, that's an age thing. So um, I got Clyde at nine. I think he definitely fits in the top 10 of, if I'm going to start up, I'm going to take him over the guys below this. Uh, some people may have exceptions where they want to jump a guy, but I definitely believe I'm not out on Clyde edwards This isn't a put up or shut up type of season coming up. And with nobody really in his way and that salary cap issues that they got that they keep finagling. I mean, at some point there's going to be extra targets available. Uh, he was a pass catching back coming out of college. The dude's good. And he's proved to me that he can run between the tackles. And that's really what I was afraid of. So I'm definitely in on Clyde. Yeah, for sure. With no one uh, that replaced Damian Williams on the way out, uh, it's just Daryl Williams now, and um, and I believe Darwin Thompson Darwin. Uh, still on the roster. So, um, yeah, you know, uh, I, I love that. Ceh seems like the the value has been so displaced. But as as of week what thirteen, you said Berkey, he was running back twelve. Thirteen. Uh, yeah. You know, we, yeah, right, running back thirteen. He was right outside running back ones. Um, before the flu, which kind of shot him in the foot and, and it slowed that momentum. So um, I like it. I prefaced it with what does he need to show us? But you're right. He really doesn't need to show us much. Just grow with the team and be the starter and be, be there the whole year. Um, so, so I do want to mention one thing, right? And ahead, I, I don't have an issue with CEH and the ranking or anything. What I will say is look at where we have all of these rookie running backs that came out last year ranked and realize that CEH is not ranked number one where he was being taken. Trust the pre-draft strategy. Don't just look at a landing spot and skyrocket somebody to 101. That's not how it works. Jonathan Taylor, 
right now in our consensus, Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, Antonio Gibson, all four of those are consensus above CEH. And where was he in the pre-draft process? He was five or six. I feel like so, you're speaking to me. That's how I feel right now. No, I'm just telling you the process. No, I saw this in rookie drafts that I was in last year. Guys taking him 101, 102 over all of these other people because he went to the promised land, right? I, that Trust the process. And I'm not saying don't make slight adjustments based on landing spots. That is not the thing. But you don't jump to the best running back in the class because of a landing spot. That's, that's not how it works. Um, so I, I just, you know, don't do the same thing this year that happened last year. And even us being, you know, dynasty players that we are, we realize that this guy is not the best running back out of that class last year. And it shows in our, in our dynasty rankings. So just keep that in mind as you go through rookie drafts. This, that was not directed at you. Well, no, <laughs> I, know I want to speak to those that did what I did. But... I want to speak to those that did what I did. We talk about the process last year going in. It's my process. DeAndre Swift has been my 101 at running back. He's my 101 for like three years. Begging for him to come out. Jonathan Taylor, like the world on fire out there at Wisconsin. I'm a big, big 10 guy. Huge big 10 guy. Okay, they play in the JV Big Ten. They don't play the actual Big Ten. They play against the little Cornhuskers and crap out there, and they beat up on them. Okay, the offensive line was legendary out there in Wisconsin. When I watched him, I was like, look, he's two. It's Swift, and then it's Taylor. And then as much as I hate the Buckeyes, it was Dobbins, and then it was Akers and Clyde and Gibson in some sort of order. And so when Clyde, then it's all landing spot. And I thought Swift was going to Kansas City. I'm sure you've heard me say it at least a dozen times. Like I'm yelling at the screen and then no running back was taken. And there they are. And <laughs> he checks his phone. He goes, yeah, huh? And then it was real quick. And it was like, oh, the pick's already in. I was like, it's happening. It's happening. All that draft capital I gave up to go get my guy Swift to Kansas City. It's going to happen. And they took Clyde. And I just, I like did laps around the apartment. I talked to myself forever. I was like, do I even give a shit where he goes now? Who the fuck gives a shit where he goes now? What's a good landing spot? Where do you actually want him? Da, 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 da. Right? So he goes to the Lions. And carry on Johnson. He comes in. Carry on Johnson's like, I can't even tell him what to do. And he's like, I can't wait to compete. So that's his job. J.K. Dobbins comes in behind Mark Ingram. The knocks on him as RPOs. He goes to the only system in NFL history to run RPOs all the freaking time. And so I'm looking at that. I'm like, oh, J.K. Dobbins gets the best landing spot. This is it. It's happening. And so Mark Ingram's there. I love him. Mark. Mark's, yeah, Heisman winner, always top 10-ish, multiple teams, badass. Last year, I think he was RB8 in 2019. Uh, so he asked him, how you feel about Mark Ingram? He said, I don't want to disrespect anybody, but I didn't come to ride the bench. And I'm like, okay, it's Dobbins' job. He's going to go get that. Okay. And then you got Clyde and you got Jonathan Taylor. And Jonathan Taylor's sitting behind Marlon Mack, and they ask them, and Marlon Mack's like, it's my job. He can't have it. And they ask the coaching staff, they're like, we're going to use them all. And then they ask the coaching staff again, and they're like, look, there's two people we want to get the ball to. us, T.Y. Hilton and Naheem Hines. I'm like, well, that's not Marlon Mack or Jonathan Taylor, not to mention <laughs> the fact that you used, you just drafted some rookie wide receivers. What's up with Paris? You just moved on. Mm -hmm. You're just going to go with the old wide out and the scat back. I'm like, okay, okay. And then Clyde, Damian Williams opts out. So you got Kansas City. You got first-round draft capital. And if you look into first-round draft capital at running backs, they don't miss. Okay? You got security. And when I look at Jonathan Taylor, he's behind Mack. I look at Dobbins. He's behind Ingram for a little while, and, and he gets sniped by the quarterback. I look at Swift. He plays for the Lions, so even though it's his job. Who knows what they're going to do? And go, go look. They just blew it the fuck up. 
And then I've got Clyde, who I know has Pat, and I know has Kelsey, and I know has Tyreek locked in. And so he fits. With that draft capital, he's so safe, I wanted him at 101. And so, yes, we do have JT over. And all the questions I had about JT last season that I thought were going to translate to this season are literally identical. We got a new quarterback. Does he like the checkdowns? Is he going to play? Naheem Hines is still there. Marlon Mack is still there. Mm -hmm. That old line is aging. And I got the same questions with JT got uh, J.K. Dobbins. Now it's Lamar looks great. He's going to siphon a lot of those. Gus Edwards averaged more than five yards a carry for his career. So he's not going away. All right. So then I look at Gibson's my love child. Swift is with the Lions. Jared Goff, God love you, dude. Just get it out quick. <laughs> okay. And I got my guy Clyde, which yes, he falls into tier three, but it's cause it's cause the tiers are just so good. Like there's no problem with Clyde. So that was yeah. my process. So I believe in him at the one-on-one still. All those questions are still there. I like it. Um, you know, and that, and that assessment with Jonathan Taylor. Guess what? It's new. It's new. It's not the same system. It's new, and they've got the same weapons in there. Um, and I want to – I'm going to go ahead and highlight a guy that I believe is is out of this tier, does not belong in this tier, and that's another sophomore, Cam Akers. Um, Cam Akers is being valued at an absurd amount. Uh, he's – you know, I see, I see him in rankings um, throughout Twitter, running back five or six for Dynasty. This is absolutely absurd to me because Cam Akers last year – only rushed for over 100 yards one time. Uh, and uh, he, I want to come to some of these stats that I was able to come up with and, and look through last year just to kind of get a comparison here for Cam Akers and what's going on with Matt Stafford behind the home. Um, Matt Stafford has maxed out at 138 targets to his running backs in his career and over one season. Sean McVay has maxed out at 120 targets to his running back in one season. So with that, uh, there's expected to be right around 100 total running back targets for the Rams this season coming up. Um, Akers is in with Daryl Henderson, who is a Memphis guy, electric, great with uh, great in the open field, great pass catcher. Now let's just say that they split this in in a, in a near fashion of 40% uh, uh, targets, 35% target share each way around, and Akers uh, gets 40 catches are 40 targets and he nears about 80% for his career. So I'm going all of his best case scenarios right now. Um, that makes about 30, 31 catches. And he had a great yard per catch rate last year of 11.3. So that's 350 yards right there. If he, if he tops that, they're going to commit 200 to 250 rushing attempts for anchors. Cause that's just kind of historically how Sean McVay has fancied his offenses. Um, you know, when Todd Gurley was the guy, he was getting 250 to 280 carries. And then when he had ancillary pieces like Malcolm Brown um, and Daryl Henderson, it would, he would spread it out just a little bit. So if they commit to Akers as the guy, they, you can expect 220 to 250 rushes. I've got him at 4.3 yards per average. So that gives him 1,075 rushing yards. Now, he has a terrible touchdown rate. Cam Akers scores two touchdowns on every 125 attempts. So we, we max that out. That's four touchdowns and three through the air with 1,425 total all-purpose yards. Do you guys know what 1,425 all-purpose yards and seven touchdowns uh, relates to for running back position? Take a stab. Uh, I'm going to go with RB20. A little higher than that, but. <laughs> I just see you have him <laughs> at RB20. At his and yeah. I'm just yeah. trying to figure out why he's at RB20. So that maxed out 
gets him to RB11 for this year. That's it. Everything goes his way, and they are fully committed to him. Uh, now, that on top of Austin Blythe, their top-rated center, which their offensive line was number three last year, he's rumored to be signing with the Vikings right now. The Rams have no depth at offensive line, and they have no draft capital. They have a second-round pick, and then I believe a fourth, a fifth. They're not going to draft somebody that's going to make an impact at that position, and they have no depth behind it to mix in. So I see a degrading offensive line. I see a Matt Stafford being brought in to sling the rock to Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, um, and, and just light the world on fire. So that being said, I see Cam Akers capping out for about 200 rush attempts for 850 yards, four touchdowns through that, 20 catches, 200 yards, and two touchdowns. That gives you 1,050 all-purpose yards and four touchdowns. Guess where that ranks? Running back 36, where Daryl Henderson ended last year. I think these two are both going to work together in this system. I think they're going to split way more than Akers getting 250 carries. So I have no idea why Akers is being ranked inside the top 10. I've got Akers at 20 for me because I do not like the, the way that the Rams have built this win now team and bringing Matt Stafford in is not something that's going to support Cam Akers being a running back one. I'm going to end my Cam Akers rant there and I'm going to let everybody come at me on Twitter for it. I don't yeah, know so if anybody can. You were too well supported, Brian. You're too well supported. <laughs> yeah, I I've think it's did, I'm, the, the so so I'm high on Cam Akers. I've actually got Cam in the in the tier above this. Uh, and if you look at when the LA Rams finally decided to give him the work, you saw Darrell Henderson relegated to about 15% of snaps. And I think he had six carries, uh, through the four weeks that, uh, the four last, the last four weeks that Cam Akers played, which I think was 13, 14, 15, and 17. Uh, yep. so, so those four weeks, they committed to Cam Akers, and Cam Akers almost averaged 100 yards a game, uh, and you saw his breakaway runs. He was in the 90 range for average. Um, uh, so, yes, I said almost 100 to make it sound better. I, I saw the shake. Um, but you saw his explosiveness on the field, and you saw the fact that the L.A. Rams and Sean McVay realized that they screwed up trying to play this stupid ass game with Darrell Henderson and Malcolm Brown and Cam Akers. You know what? Cam Akers is the fucking man and we're putting him on the field and we're going to let him do his thing. He's going to rush. He's going to catch the ball. Uh, I, I love everything that I see from him on the field, everything. Um, uh, so I, I think you bring up, great points about the offensive line um you know that is they're gonna see a poor offensive line most likely uh you know in regards to what they saw last year right you you had mentioned they were top five they're not gonna be that good next year because of yeah. the loss of their three. center yeah they're they're losing at least two of those guys right mm -hmm. at least two they'll be able to i think they'll figure out how to move money and restructure and and bring one of those guys well, back Whitworth uh, already but, restructured so that way they could do that but um i want to mention just a little bit on this with, with cam when cam had those had those four weeks 13 14 15 and 17 where he did he did near average 90 yards um you know it's a little bit slighted because of the 171 yards in new england 
I want to mention, I, it's still a game. It's still a game. I want to mention his receiving work because receiving work is the king is the king and key to all of this for me to entering that one target, three targets, three targets, four targets. That is not going to get it done to be a top 10 running back season wide. That means that Daryl Henderson's going to get the rock and they're going to continue to throw to him. So I'm worried. I am worried, but um, I want to break into next tier because there's someone in this tier that, you know, just outperformed the hell out of all of these rookies uh, coming in. But um, the, Oh wait, no, no, no. You know, we've got a couple guys here that we got to finish up with uh, for this Aaron Jones. You talked about an age thing, Berkey. Um, you know, we, we fear these, these running backs that sign the second contract and that's the time to get rid of them. But as a win now player, you got to think Aaron Jones finishing finishes inside the top seven this year. I don't know, man, but you can't bet against him. I mean, Jamal Williams is, is a better running back than A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon might vulture some goal line, but we saw Zach Moss is supposed to do that, and he fumbled one time, and it's over. Um, Aaron Jones is a stud going back to the same situation as his age. Uh, Miles Sanders is in this tier, too, and I think that's really – we're scared of Jalen Hurts, right, guys? I mean, I don't know what the hell is going on out there. Doug Peterson leaves Jalen Hurts. I don't know what he's going to do. He's probably going to run for 180 yards a game. I don't know what Miles Sanders is going to do. The guy I want to talk about is Joe. Joe Mixon. I mean, yeah. Brian, you got him at eight. Uh, we got him at 13 over there from Brad, right? Right in the mix. Is that right? Is that the correct order? Yep. Yes. Yep. And, yep. and I have him at 19. And I don't I don't want anything to do with him. I think he's a crappy two. Um, when healthy, he's electric as all get out. It just is. He looks great, right? But when I break down his actual career, I mean, 2020 was cut short, right? So what did he do? Didn't do much. And 29, okay, let's start at the beginning. 2017, as a rookie, 178 rushing attempts. Uh, he plays 14 games. As a sophomore, he breaks out, right? RB10, he plays 14 games. His uh, receptions go from 30 to 43. His targets go up by almost 20, 21. And then his his rushing totals like he gets 237 attempts right so then he goes into 2019 now Andy Dalton is whatever the hell that was in 2019 AJ Green's not there we expect him to get volume 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 and they didn't really use him till the end of the season but he still comes up with 278 rushing attempts his targets go down a little bit to 45 uh, he, he only scores eight total touchdowns he's RB 13 this is where I think his ceiling is and then last year we saw him get banged up and he didn't go on injured reserve forever. So we always thought he was coming back, but he wasn't. Uh, but now he's going into year five. Joe Burrow may or may not start the season. The situation didn't really improve greatly. And this is it. I mean, he's going to be 25. Like if you're going to sell Joe Mixon, this is it. So I'm not going to invest in him. And when I look at this, it's not totally a startup, but it's kind of in the back of my mind. Where would you take Joe? And I'm like, I'm not taking Joe at all. And so it got to a, him and Derrick Henry. And then it got to a point where I had to, I get, you got to rank them. Like they're, they're not dead. So uh, that's what I wanted to highlight. Joe Mixon in, in tier, was it tier four now? I guess it's tier three because CMC is all by himself. Um, right. I didn't think he belonged and, and you didn't think Cam did. So that was big. So, yeah, so, absolutely. so yeah, so it's interesting. And I want to bring up, cause I've got him as a buy. I think he's a buy low candidate right now. So I want to throw a couple trades. And if you guys listen to the show, you know, this is kind of my gig, right. To help people understand where to get people, right. What, where the values are for individuals. So, so I'm going to, I'm going to kind of put you guys on the spot with some recent dynasty trades. Would you rather have Joe Mixon or Kareem hunt straight up? Joe Mixon. 
Berkey. Joe Mix. Joe, this is the deal. It's like if it's redraft and I'm drafting, I probably want to think he scores more. But don't be dumb. It's Joe Mixon. Yep. Okay. Joe Mixon <laughs> or the 104. Uh, and this is super flex. Is. This is super flex sure. tight end premium. 104. 104. Okay. Uh, that's a huge package that includes him. Um, that's another huge package that includes him. And then here's here's uh, all right. Baker Mayfield and Joe Mixon for Russell Wilson and Julio Jones. This is uh, not super flex. You know what? Screw it. I'm going to take Russ. I'm going to take Russ and Julio. Yeah. I'm going to get my one year because I think this is it for Joe, and I'm going to take my upgraded quarterback. Uh, as much as I like Joe, I got to I got to take uh, I got to take my quarterback and Julio, who can possibly do it again for me for one more year. You know, get that shit. Okay, and then the last one we'll do. So we said 104. So would you rather have Joe Mixon or the 110 in Superflex? Mm. Mixon. Well, this is rude. Because that's his value, right? So who are you getting at one ten? You're not getting a running back. You don't want to go chubbing mm-hmm. stuff. Four quarterbacks, two wide receivers, three running backs. That's nine. So that's right where he is. Um, but <laughs> I'm I'm gonna take Kyle Pitts. Maybe I'm gonna take the one ten and lose the trade because I think I want out on Joe and I like the flexibility that it gives me as a drafter. Uh, but that that is it. That is it. The one ten. You probably have to give the one ten plus in all reality. Do you think like you that. do you see Joe Mixon as ever having the capability of finishing above number ten, which is his best fantasy finish? His the ability, yes. absolutely. absolutely. I just don't think absolutely. they're going to do it. I just don't think it's going to happen. And going into age twenty five, this is it. It better happen. But he's already so, he's already signed that second contract, so you're not worrying about him changing teams. You're not worrying about him needing a second contract. Are you are you in I, the camp that a team will be really bad or in a tight spot, and because they paid a running back a lot of money, they'll just go ahead and see that contract out? When the running back is good, yes, I believe that Joe Mixon is good. And they're not, they have so many other needs on the defensive side of the ball, on the offensive line, that they're not going to spend high draft capital and move Joe Mixon and then bring in a rookie running back right now. I, I, I believe in the talent of Joe Mixon, not the person of Joe Mixon, but the talent of Joe Mixon. Yeah, I'm a fan there as well. Just I, I, if I if I could give, the, I would give the 110 plus for Joe Mixon right now. Yeah, all day long. To. I think that's right where all it is. And long. then you're buying your last running back. Um, and not to mention the fact that that Joe Mixon owners are usually the ones who drafted him already, and they are die hard. Like uh, Joe Mixon truthers are Joe Mixon truthers for sure. They do not hide from anything uh, when when news is bad. So. Um, I like that tier. I like that breakdown. That's a great, that's a great line right there. 110 plus is going to be your, your bottom uh, that you're going to be able to, to value mix that. And then anything before that, you can kind of justify it. So um, nice work there, Breaky and Brad. I, I appreciate it. Appreciate y'all. Um, let's finish out this show with uh, the last tier for today. Uh, interesting tier. We've got three incoming rookies uh, and these guys, um, the tier starts with one of them, Najee Harris, Najee Harris at 16, Austin Eckler, James Robinson, Josh Jacobs, Travis Etienne, and Javante Williams. Um, the one that sticks out in my mind right away is Josh Jacobs. And it's funny because 
it seems so wrong having him here, but he's we we consensus we're all right on the same spot we're 17 18 and 19 we, we're right there so he belongs in this tier to us um uh even though the news but um brad i want you to come in with a little Najee harris uh for us like where where he lands uh is is going to be obviously dependent we were talking about ceh where he landed um is this going to matter for a guy like Najee harris or are you in on Najee harris he's the, he's going to be the guy yeah, I mean, his skill set, he's good at everything. So I don't know that he is as dependent on landing spot as some other folks like uh, Chuba Hubbard or uh, or Kenneth Gainwell or somebody like that, where, you know, Kenny G is going to need some of that passing work. Chuba isn't going to need to be an outside runner. Uh, I don't see that with Najee, right? You know, he's kind of the consensus RB1 for people. He's he's not my RB1, but I don't have any knocks against the guy, right? So I, I feel like he's going to be a good fit for any team that takes him and gives him the work. He can pass catch. He can pass block. He can run between the tackles. He can run outside. He he He's just really, really damn good. Uh, so no, I'm not concerned landing spot for him as I am for some of these other guys in this class. So, yeah. Um, and Najee Harris, six foot two, 230 pounds. He's a big boy. So, um, you know, we got a little bit there's, and this year doesn't really seem like last year where there was like, who are the chiefs going to take at running back? It doesn't seem like that. Or does it Ricky? Is there one position? Is there one team? <clears throat> Um, drafting a running back here that, that you're looking for a landing spot for one of these rookies? There are four. There's one. It's San Francisco. It's just going to break our hearts, guys. Just get ready. They're going to break it. <laughs> they're going to break it right in heart. They're going to pass over Jabba and Jamar uh, Jefferson, who they're rumored to like. They're, they're going to break our hearts. They're going to. He's going to figure it out with some other dude. Jeff Wilson yep. might be a thing. It's dumb. I but just, that, I, I wanted just to gonna go say there. Jeff Wilson Jr. <laughs> yes. Yep. Uh, Pittsburgh. Everybody likes Pittsburgh. I I don't. I think that the short passing game is alive and well. I think that it's not a passing game where he's going to buy himself any time, which eliminates the check down. I think the running game is what it is. It's horrible. The line's old. It's not the same. It's not the same. Uh, so the two that I want are the Miami Dolphins. Oh, I mean, we talk about a team wanting a workhorse. Gaskins, Ahmed. They they were like weak winners last season. Like, just mm-hmm. in a spot start, absolutely getting you. I think, who was it on here that talked about, the, like, the threshold for being a RB1 just locked and loaded is 23 touches a game. Like, you yep. get that, and that's it. And so Miami screams, just screams workhorse. Um, just, it's going to happen. And then the other one is the Arizona Cardinals, who Chase Edmonds, truthers, you talked about Joe Mixon, truthers. These guys are live. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> I mean, I traded him in a 2023 first, second, and third for Clyde and did a little dance, and people laughed at me. I was like, dude, it's like years away. It's, and they were like, Chase Edmonds better than Clyde already. I'm like, holy crap. Um, but if they had a guy, Lord. if they had a guy, they had, one, they had ETN or Harris or Javante, um, Kenneth Gainwell and Chubba Hubbard hit my list here too. They had one of these guys to Arizona, and my eyebrows are going to rise. Uh, you know, I, I don't really care who they had. They had somebody, even if it's Michael Carter Jr. I'm intrigued. Yeah, uh, it's about high-powered offense, high-flying. Things are crazy out there. Um, you know, and with the work that uh, even even we saw Kenyon Drake get last year in his wild inefficiencies, 
that's a workload. That is a starting running back top 10 workload. So you get somebody exciting in there um, that can run with that offense. And is, it is that electrifying that that's a really, really dangerous landing spot. Um, Perky, thanks for walking us through that landing spots. Um, and I, I want you to talk about uh, your rookie that you have the highest um, for our you have you have Najee Harris as your highest. Who's your guy that you have second highest for this rookie list? What's the guy I think will I think Najee Harris gets stuck out there in Pittsburgh. And so I got Travis Etienne close on his heels. Um it's the same thing, except I think Travis Etienne might go to the Jets early. Uh who knows what the hell Urban Meyer's doing over there with all his picks. James Robinson is a we are a big fan of his, and he's here I at 18. And you have him highest. Holy crap, 10, Brian. I love it. Like, he's that guy that belongs up there. I just couldn't put there. So that's another landing spot. I do love it. I'll defend you, Bradley, off off air. We will go for an hour. Um, but <laughs> it, it's a great – Travis Etienne, 1,600 yards back-to-back seasons. This season was a little different. I don't know if he broke 1,000. But he still shows everything. And his receptions went up every year. I mean, when he learned how to catch the ball, he didn't want to do it. And he felt uncomfortable with it. And they were like, no, you're going to do it. It's going to be good for us. It's going to be good for you. And now he's like, he's ready to roll. So it doesn't, he screams three down back. Whoever drafts him, it'll be in the end of the first. It'll be somewhere in the first or the start of the second. I don't see him dropping out of the second at all. And the further he drops in the second to those better teams and those better situations, the more exciting you get. Uh, so Travis Etienne, man, he's the guy I want in San Francisco. Him and Chubba. Because you talk about one cut. Uh, oh, yeah. the full. He's a fully rounded running back. He's amazing. He's Travis Etienne is, I think, the best running back in his class. He just doesn't have this dominating physical features. Uh, he's got breakaway speed, but he does get tackled easily sometimes. He's got some retreating chops, but they came on like, yeah, we can, we can go to the moon and back. We do that on Rookie on the Rise. But he's got that kind of just top 10 RB year in, year out kind of profile. I mean, they don't come out every season. 1,600 yards, back-to-back seasons, and then he came back. Why'd you opt back in? I don't know what the hell is going on there. It's to be the number one running back off the board. I think he'll be number two in the NFL, uh, but I still have him. We talk about pre-draft process, pre-NFL draft. I still have him as my top-ranked running back. Um, when we do these tiers, I got Najee above him, I guess, but they're in the same tier. For sure, for sure. Um, for, or Brad, where, where do you fall on the Austin Eckler, James Robinson, Josh Jacobs, those three in between each other? Josh Jacobs, it, it – are you in, are you in this camp with me a worry or are you going to slide him on a tier down a tier because of uh, what's going on with Kenyon Drake and what, whatever the hell Las Vegas is doing? I mean, I think we've already done that, right? I mean, Josh Jacobs has been a, and I'm pretty sure an RB one for both years he's been in the league. And here we have him as a dynasty RB 19. I mean, we've already kind of knocked him down. Uh, and to be completely honest, I didn't knock him down because of Kenyon Drake. I knocked him down because He's one of the most inefficient running backs in the NFL. He is awful. The only reason he's finishing so high is because of his touchdown upside right now. And touchdowns are volatile. You cannot depend on those. You got a guy who's averaging, I'm pretty confident. Uh, I may be speaking off a tongue. I know this year he was under four yards a carry. Uh, it's just not. 3.9. Yeah. 3.9 yards not this good. Year. So I, you know, they bring in Kenyon Drake, and I think as a team that's gonna help. Uh that just solidified my ranking for him. It it didn't move him anymore. It just made it just told me I wasn't completely crazy for wanting to rank him at 19, right? 
Um, so I, yes, I am concerned for him. Um, I, you know, I, James Robinson is what he is for me. Um, I, I think he can give you some solid production over the next year, but I just, you know, history shows teams just don't dedicate things to undrafted free agents. It doesn't mean that he's not good. It doesn't mean that he can't produce for you. Uh, it's just, I, I, I'm a history buff and that kind of thing is what I'm going to look at there. So I would sell him on the, on the, the hind quarters of an RB four season. Uh, and then Austin Eckler, I absolutely love. Um, my worry is he, his touchdowns took a huge dip uh, when he came back from injury and Justin Herbert was solidified as a quarterback and they were, he, you know, he was doing his thing. Austin Eckler just was not scoring touchdowns. I think in the five games, uh, he had two receiving touchdowns, no rushing touchdowns. Uh, he had one huge receiving game, but the other receiving games were kind of mediocre at best. So I worry just a little bit around Austin Eckler and kind of what that offense is going to look like with with Justin Herbert slinging the rock as much as he does. Uh, it, it doesn't look like he's going to want to check down as much as what maybe some people thought. Um, uh, but. Yeah, and you know the uh, the presence of uh, you know he he's not alone, and he's also not a running back that that can carry the entire workload. Nor is the system set up for him to do that. So um, I think Eckler is properly placed. Um, and just a point to James James Robinson, Jamestown, my boy, Jamestown. Um, God love what you did for us, and I love um, the the signing of um, our boy, the our famous uh, Carlos Hyde, who is the greatest back up the sign because we know he's not going to infringe upon anything. He's just there to be there. He's there to be there if he needs to go in. Uh, I think Urban Meyer is going to change this whole idea of, I mean, not the whole idea. He's not going to change the scope of it, but, but, but just because he's an undrafted free agent, I think Urban Meyer is going to capitalize on this. He's going to use the hell out of this guy. And I think the signing of Carlos Hyde signifies that. And when James Robinson was given the opportunity, James Robinson took it and, and did everything with it. He had, um, five games over a hundred yards, uh, rushing this year, uh, and also averaged about four yards uh, or four, uh, receptions, uh, a game, uh, when he was out there. So James Robinson is, is a guy who I think is going to carry the workload and he's going to continue to carry the workload until he can't do it anymore. And then urban Meyer will, will switch something up. But I, I have the belief that we're going to see the same workload that we saw, uh, 240 attempts and just about 50 receptions on like 60 to 70 targets. Trevor Lawrence is there, man. They, this is, it, Trevor Lawrence is going to be there. They've now got, um, uh, you know, a, a scary offense that, that people have to respect the outside. DJ Chark is going to be something here. Um, you know, it's, uh, I'm excited for what Jamestown can be, and I do not think we've seen his ceiling yet. So I'm, a, I'm in the, on the Jamestown camp all oh, day. I was so with you until you said his ceiling. Dude, what was he, like RB6 <laughs> or 7 last season? Just four. People just, they, four? He was already 7 7 7 is RB7. Thank you. RB7 and a PPR. RB4 is David Montgomery, who I want to talk about next. Oh, vomit a little bit. No, I get it. Let me, James <laughs> Robinson, dude, to your point, like, and okay, if you're a first-round rookie draft, like we talk about Sam Darnold and trade, just trade for him. You get his fifth-year option or whatever. That's like millions of dollars because he was drafted so high in the first round. An undrafted free agent rookie on your team at the running back position that's a free shot and an elite player, there's no way in hell that a team that is rebuilding or rebooting or retooling or whatever the hell they want to term it out there is going to pass on 
this he gets this year. He 100% gets this year. They are going to run him into the ground Derrick Henry style. Mm -hmm. And hell, if he does it again, they're going to give him another year. And then they're going to look to add and try and win a Super Bowl. Um, But as a dynasty asset, you talk two to three year window. I mean, some of the, like the reasons I want out of Joe Mixon and that we have names like Josh Jacobs and Eckler down here and Derrick Henry, who we still haven't spoken on. Dude, there's like, there's a window. James Robinson's window is open and he just finished as a top seven running back. So, and you got to think it's going to get better. So, yeah, I like what you said. You said it was a ceiling. That might be a ceiling, but he is. No, sure, I don't think it's a ceiling. Is, I don't think that's crazy. a ceiling. He sure at shit all. Is, is worthy of being in the one discussion. And there's no way he drops out of like the top, I don't know, 17, 15 backs. He's legit as hell. For sure. I love it. Um, yeah, that's going to close out our first, uh, our first set of tiers uh, for today. Following up this week, we're going to come out with some next tiers. And as Brad or as Berkey alluded to, uh, we got Derek Henry to get to and guys like David Montgomery, Kareem Hunt, uh, Chris Carson, Melvin Gordon, those guys that are super, super important for your championship set lineups. So uh, join us next time for that. Um, got to give a shout out though uh, to all the guys at Fantasy Affairs working super hard. Uh, specifically, I want to say uh, Garrett, man. Garrett is pumping out some crazy articles and doing some great work all while at school. So uh, kids kicking ass. Great job, Garrett. Uh, we love you over there. Um, Burke, who you got the shout out for the family? Brian Craighead, man, with this brand new article that's going to drop this week, dude. Talking about rookies and landing spots. Uh, you, you just got to love what he brings to the team. He's so dedicated, he's so consistent. He's always trying to pump out content. Uh, Britt Sanders, the rookie on the rise. That is, that's one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. And, you know, like I'm part of it. I'm not even on it all the time. I always tune in. I always tune in to rookie on the rise. Um, Matt Reiser, Andy Jacques, they're all great, man. The Pomeroy, whatever the hell he is. Dude, it's great. It's great. It's a great Quinn. I didn't forget anybody. Johnny, I'm, I'm going to write all these down so that I can get them every time because I always seem to forget yep. one or two people. Then I get a text. They have my Sammy direct G. line. Don't forget about oh, Sammy. Sam, I want to sleep on Sammy so he yells at me. I cannot wait to get Sammy on a pod. He needs to call me. Yes, the cigar man. Oh, for sure. And, Berkey, where are you at on Twitter for everybody? I'm, I'm out there in the Twitterverse. I'm at Eric Burkholder6. Hit me up. Brad? Yeah, so a couple shout-outs. First one, uh, we're talking RB tiers. Garrett was already mentioned, wrote a bad-ass article on how uh, to evaluate your RBs. It's called Evolve or Die Running Back Edition. Go take a look at that article. Uh, he's posted a few of those uh, around the wide receiver position as well, so make sure you go take a look at that uh, as next week we'll be talking through our wide receiver tiers. Uh, you can find me at Twitter, uh, at FF Bourbon Dude, uh, helping run uh, uh, posts on Facebook as well. And I don't want us to forget the Fantasy Football Expo, Canton, Ohio, August the 15th and 16th. Uh, we're going to be posting a, a, you know, hosting a pretty kick-ass party. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, so I, I mean, I don't, I don't even know what else to say there, right? We've got pink bunny suits with Eric's name on the back of it, Red Rider BB guns, bourbon tables, fiery drinks. We've got all this shit coming to you guys in Canton, Ohio. So please take a look 
at the FF Expo on Twitter or the fantasy football expo.com uh, online. You can check out the schedule, see all the cool shit that's going on and what we're going to be participating in, all the other vendors that are going to be there. It's going to be a great time. You're going to get a lot of good content. Uh, it'll be a good learning experience for everybody. So check it out. For sure. Uh, and then shout out to uh, Bob Lung, who's uh, running that, who was able to hop on with us and talk about it. But uh, thank you all. My fantasy appearance has been a pleasure. We will see you guys Friday. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Brian GMFF Affair. Uh, it's been great talking to you guys, and we'll see you in a couple of days. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, boys. Peace. Peace. Peace.